Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Yes, indeed. I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. Good morning, everyone. It's a crisp, fresh morning, 38 <laughs> degrees officially. How about that? It is a wee bit nippy out there for some people. Just yes. a little bit. Yeah, if you haven't, we're already getting them, as a matter of fact. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Teresa, by all means, you can call it in if you'd like to chat or send a text if that's easier. But it is the same number for either the phone call or the text message, 651 461 Nine two two six again six five one four six one nine two two six. We here at our house, uh, Teresa. We're we're thinking we didn't do it yesterday. Maybe we should have. We have a Meyer lemon tree out on the deck. <laughs> uh, at least we did have <laughs> as of yesterday, hmm. and we were going to transition it back into the house. You know, putting it in the porch and then inside under some grow lights in the porch like we normally do. Uh, are we in trouble? I mean, uh, given the, the temperature, now it didn't hit freezing, so I'm hoping it's still survived. What is it your did, guess? It'll be it'll be okay. Just just make sure that you get it in, because they don't like lower temperatures. They're a tropical plant. They can handle, you know, maybe 40 degrees. They're not happy with it, but they would prefer 50 and above. So do get those plants in if you possibly can. You might notice some damage on the leaves. Just give the plant time to recover. The roots will be fine unless it's been uh, killed by a heavy frost for the for the folks up north. You yeah, up north, right. That point. Yeah. yeah. Here's a text, uh, Teresa. It says, how do you save a fern or prepare for indoors for the winter? Okay, so what you want to do for all your plants, um, if you could have earlier in the season, move it into a shadier location. Uh, give it a few weeks. Just get used to reduced light and grow some leaves that can handle reduced light. Then what you want to do is make sure it's well watered and every, it looks nice and healthy. Give it a good bath. Spray it with some water. Make sure you clean off all the bugs. Clean off all the everything that's on the, the uh, pot, the bottom of the pot, the saucer. Clean everything really well. Bring it into the house. Segregate anything you bring into the house for two to three weeks. And what you're trying to do is make sure you're not bringing in any creepy crawlies into the rest of your plants. And then once it looks nice and healthy and no creepy crawlies are showing up, you can bring it in and put it where you're going to put it for the rest of the winter. Okay. 
A couple of uh, lawn uh, grassy questions. Uh, this uh, listener just had their lawn aerated. They want to know, should I overseed now or wait till spring? And another texter says, can I still plant grass seed? How would you answer those two? I would say no and no. The grass just won't have time to come up and grow and become hardy enough to make it through the winter. So what you want to do then is one of Denny's little tricks is do your winter um, or dormant seeding. So wait till the ground is just about frozen or just before we get that heavy winter snow that's going to stay here and then put down your grass seed. And then that will come up in the spring when it's ready to come up in the spring and you'll be that much ahead. Now you want to make sure that that grass seed has sprouted in the spring before you put down any pre-emergent for crabgrass because that would also stop that grass seed from sprouting in the spring. Yeah, I'm going to do that very thing this year because of the uh, tough uh, summer. My lawn, like a lot of folks uh, had, uh, is uh, do a little dormant sitting. I think I'll wait till November. Yep, wait to wait till that. it's a lot colder. You, you want to, you know, if you put put it down too soon, it'll it'll germinate. You don't want that, so you don't want it to germinate, and you definitely don't want it to be taken up by all the birds that are migrating through or eaten by all the little critters that are going to be running around on the grass at nighttime when you're not there, the little mice and voles and things like that. So just wait till the ground's almost frozen, and just before we get that snowstorm, the snow will protect it, the ground will be frozen, it should be better then. Very good. Let's grab a phone call. Teresa Dan is calling in from Prior Lake this morning. Dan, you are on CCO with Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. Say as we head into the fall, we got the apple harvest going on. And, and what my question pertains to is cedar rust. And specifically, uh, I've got some younger trees that are uh, I've planted within the last year or two. Uh, one includes the Harrelson. And the questions that I have is, um, the way I understand it, cedar rust presents itself as kind of looking like uh, the tree stem bark uh, trunk has been burnt. And then additionally, is there a specific time of the year that it presents itself more often? And then finally, the last question is, are there certain types of apple trees that are more resistant to cedar rust than others? Thank you. Okay, that, that's a lot, Dan. Okay, so that's a good question. I'm not sure how it presented, it, how it presents in an apple tree. I've only ever seen it presenting in the um, the arborvitaes and the cedar trees as this orange gelatinous kind of fungusy or uh, mushroomy looking thing. Um, the host it alternates between those two plants, hence the name cedar apple rust. Uh, usually, though, I believe on the apple trees it looks like a rust on the leaves. So it's not the, the trunk that's impacted, it's the leaves. Um, so you could spray for, uh, for a, a rust, uh, uh, I believe it's a fungicide. You could do that, but you, you want to make sure that you're dealing with something that is actually happening or, or has happened in the past. So if you've just planted the trees, you haven't run into it. I, I wouldn't worry about it now. I just watch for it. And then, then take a, take the proper steps next year or the following year afterwards. So just watch for it next year. Watch for those those indicators. I would go to extension.umn.edu and look up apple tree cedar apple rust and and go from there. There there would be some herbicide or some um some pesticides you could use for that that would help it there. There there would be some herbicide or some um some pesticides you could use for that. That would help it. And I believe there are some apple trees that are resistant, but I do not know what they, which ones they are. Okay. Good luck. 
This listener says, My butternut squash started out green. Now it's half green and yellow. Is this considered ripe and usable? Well, if you only have one, you could try. You could, you know, you could hope and just keep maybe keeping it um, uh, protected from the frost. If you have a bunch of them, maybe go for the one that's that's looking kind of half and half and see how that tastes for you. Uh, I've noticed in the stores the butternuts are sometimes green and yellow. Uh, so so green and yellow could be the yellowing could be part of its ripening process. Um, I, I guess I don't know enough to tell you exactly what the percentage should be. You could, again, go to extension.umn.edu or just try the apple and, or try it and see how it is. Yeah, very good. Again, our phone number and text number is 651-461-9226. This texter says, how can I winter over cannas without having them mold? Okay, so, so you want to keep them in a drier location. Perhaps you're keeping them in too wet and humid location, so they need to be in maybe a little drier location. You can also store them in a medium that may be a little drier, whether that's a sand that doesn't stay wet or some some peat or or something like that. Or, and, and check them more frequently. Uh, maybe throw some newspapers in there to absorb some of the moisture, but then do check them more frequently. Before you store them, though, let them harden off for maybe two weeks, just sitting in your house, hardening off, kind of like you would harden off potatoes or squash or anything else that you're going to be storing. You want that skin to just get a little thicker on it and, and let them dry just a little bit rather than pulling them up from the wet ground and then just throwing them in a sealed container. That's just that that would not be good. So you could try those options. Okay. Tell you what, let's do. Let's take a quick break, uh, Teresa, and we'll come back. And we have a lot of text messages. If you want to call in your lawn and garden question for Teresa, same number, 651-461-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities, it's a brisk 38 degrees, but we're on our way to near 60 today, near 67 tomorrow, and maybe near 73 Monday. Stay with us here on News Talk A3O. This is WCCO. And again, good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, answering your lawn and garden questions. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney doing that very thing, either by phone or by text. And again, it's the same number, 651-461-9226. And as usual, Teresa, we have a lot of work ahead for you. So That's wonderful. Hang in there. All right, let's see who is next here. Uh Texter wants to know, well, they, they fear that droughts may become our norm. What's a good drought-resistant seed from my very sunny yard? We, got, we have a lot of great grass seed at our local garden centers, don't we? We do have a lot of good grass seed, and I would, I would err or, or I would uh, lean toward the fescues, uh, the short, the, the fescues. The, the, that's what I would lean toward. Um, they're, they're not as needy as the Kentucky bluegrass. They can handle some shade. They can handle less watering. They can handle a lot less fertilizing. So that's what I would head toward. Okay. This uh, listener says, can I still plant perennials today? Can I transplant peonies? If you don't have to transplant your peony, don't wait till next next August. 
see if you have to transplant perennials now you're moving or something you have to do it or you have them in pots like somebody I know in her front yard. Um, you have to get them into the ground as soon as possible. Uh, give them a really good drink of water when you get them in the ground. And then I would probably mulch them a little more than you normally would. And if you have planted anything at all this year um, that are that is supposed to be perennial, give it some extra TLC this fall. And if it's a tree, make sure you're protecting it from rabbits and deer and voles. If it's perennials or shrubs, uh, you protect those or protect your shrubs also. Everything else, your perennials, make sure you give them a little extra winter winter cover once the ground becomes frozen because they could they don't have as big of a root system as they will next year and they could pop out of the ground. So protect all of your newly planted plants this year. Okay. So wildflower question, uh, when is a good time to plant wildflower seeds? It depends on which wildflower seeds. If you mean our our native wild plants from the prairies, you can plant them in the fall. Uh, lots of them do need winter stratification, so you would do them similar to what you might do just before the dormant seeding, but I would get them in the ground. Uh, I would also uh, consider winter sowing for those kinds of seeds. That is where you can plant them in a milk jug uh, in January and February and set that milk jug outside in the snow. And then they'll come up and then you transplant them into the ground at that time when they're up and ready. So that's winter sowing, S-O-W-I-N-G. Okay. Is the purple leaf tall decorative grass a perennial like purple fountain grass? No, it's not. It is not. I'm sorry. Well, maybe if you live in zone 9... (laughs) <laughs> but we're only zone four and three up here. I'm sorry. Good morning from Lakeville. This listener says, I'm attempting to get rid of some diehard ferns outside. I've tried uh, tried Roundup. Uh, any suggestions? They love the show. So what do you think? <laughs> Don't kill the ferns if they love the show. Let yeah, them go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. That's funny. Oh, boy. Okay, so so if Roundup isn't working, um, I, I would I would keep at it if you want to continue that. Uh, you do have to spray it on the green growing leaves. Uh, you can't just spray it on the soil or on the dead stuff that you see above ground. Uh, cut them short. Uh, let them grow. And then as soon as you see the new growth or when you start to see the new growth, hit the new growth with the Roundup. Um, and just keep doing that, and it, you'll eventually kill it. They just have this huge root system that's really resistant, and, and it spreads really far. So you, you have to keep on it or do massive digging and dig them up that way. Speaking of labors of love here, Tex, Texter wants to know, can I still do a second treatment on Creeping Charlie? Thank yes. you. Yes, you can. You can. Uh, you read and follow the label instructions. You want to make sure that the, the temperature and the rain situation is working for you. So if it's not warm enough or if it's too warm, don't do it. But but find out from the, the product that you're using what temperature range you have to be working in. If it's 50 degrees, you might not be able to do it today. Maybe Monday would be better for you if it's a little warmer. If you're up north and you're not going to see 50 again, then no, you won't be able to do it. And you have to spray it on green growing leaves. Aha. Uh-huh. That's the key. That's the green key. When is a good time to aerate a lawn, listener wants to know? You should have kind of done it already. Uh, the, the Up to like the beginning of October is good. Uh, if if you have to get it done this year, now would be better than nothing. But I would I would get it done as quickly as possible. Otherwise, wait till next fall to do it. 
I have, uh, this listener says, a large lawn with many tall maple trees. Almost every night the squirrels come out and dig holes in the grass about the size of a half dollar. Uh, Sometimes, uh, let's see, this kind of skipped over. Big divots pulled up. Uh, I've seen that. Now, maybe that's something else besides squirrels. I know squirrels will dig holes in there, you know, burying, digging up acorns, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, this listener has big messes there and very maddening. Okay. So if it's, if it's during the nighttime, it's not going to be squirrels. It's right. going to be rabbit, uh, rabbits. No, not rabbits. It's going to be raccoons or skunks right. or, or maybe even possums uh, looking for food, digging up those seeds, looking for worms, things like that, and beetles. If it is during the day, it's squirrels. And all you really have to, I mean, there's not much you can do. You can't exclude them from the territory. Uh, you, you could sprinkle on the surface of your entire lawn. Uh, a, a, re, a repellent that's fragrant. Um, the, uh, we we would think it smells horrible, and so would they. So that's what I mean by fragrant. Um, and then you would want to read the instructions and make sure that it's aimed at the skunk or the raccoon or whatever critter is digging it. They're not really doing that much damage. Just push the divots back, and, and the, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, our yard, this listener says, took a toll due to the drought this summer, and now there's a lot of crabgrass. When's the best time to treat crabgrass, spring or fall, or perhaps both? Ignore it. Ignore crabgrass. Ignore it. As long as you have not let it go to seed, it's going to die. It's an annual. So you just have to worry about the seeds that are in the soil for next year, and then you would treat it in the spring with a pre-emergent. What you're seeing out there now is going to be dead. It's not going to make it through winter. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, if you want to chat with Teresa or just send her the question via text, Either way, it's the same number, and that number is 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. Teresa, let's uh, take a bit of a break here and have a look at that. I can give you a hint. It's going to be a warm forecast, at least warmer, maybe unseasonably warm. We'll talk about that, and we have about another half hour of our Smart Garden show to come. So if you have yet to uh, pose your question via phone or text, do so, 651 651- Four six one nine two two six here on News Talk eight three zero. This is WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text. Whatever is easier for you. If you want to call and chat with Teresa or just send her your text, same number, 651-461-9226. Here's a text, Teresa, that says, Can the mums you buy in fall for decor, can they be transplanted in the garden later? Sure, you can transplant them. I don't know that they'll make it through the winter. You can try it. Uh, uh, some of the garden mums might just be florist mums. They might not be hardy. Some of them may be hardy. You can give it a shot. It never hurts to try. Just treat them like a brand-new planted, trans, uh, transplanted perennial. Water them in really well. And give them a, uh, leave them standing in the wintertime, but give them a good layer of mulch uh, once the ground freezes. All right, here's another lawn question, Teresa. Is it still a good time to put a winter fertilizer on the yard? You know, we've just about reached the end of that, but if you haven't done it yet, Go ahead and put it down. Uh, just make sure that you're not putting it on. You never want to put it on frozen ground. So do it now. 
Yeah, the forecast looks pretty good for that. Now, I did that the last week or two, the final, uh, because of the the above average temperature. And I think for the next few days, obviously, we're going to have that. So, And then maybe some showers might be good time. And like you said. And the showers would wash it in. So uh, so that would be wonderful, yeah. Like you said, the window may be closing. The window is closing. (laughs) You should have all your windows closed anyway. It's kind of cold out there. Another can of question, uh, do they need to have hard frost before being dug? You know, I I try to I would try to leave them up until they get killed by the frost. Uh, if you can't because you're headed out of town, or that's just when you have to do it, go ahead. But the longer they can photosynthesize, the more energy they'll be able to store in their root systems. Okay. Again, our number is six five one four six one ninety two twenty six. Do I tr- texter says this? Do I trim back hibiscus stems now and cover with hay? Is that correct? Uh, again, wait till these are the perennial hibiscus. Then I would wait until they're killed by the frost, and then you can go ahead and trim them back. Don't put any cover down until the ground is nearly frozen. If you if you put it down too early, the mice and the voles have a wonderful place to live um, under the hay and uh, I'm sorry, under the straw and and in the the soft soil where they can dig and and eat everything. So you want that soil to be fe- almost frozen, so they don't have a good they don't have a good floor, and then put down the, the winterizer um, mulch that you're going to use. Okay, let's grab a phone call. I think John in St. Paul has been waiting there. Thank you, John. What uh, What is your question this morning for Teresa? Morning, John. Hello, Hello John. John. Okay. Rats. John is long gone. Is, is it time to dig up gladiola bulbs even though they are still green? A listener wants to know. You know, the same with them. I, same with all of your your tender bulbs. Let them die to the ground if you can uh, with a killing frost or a light frost. Once they stop actively for photosynthesizing, go ahead, cut them back, wait for a, a, a dry day, dig them up, brush the soil off, bring them in the house, let the bulbs and the, the corms and everything harden off a little bit, and then store them properly. And you can always go to extension umn.edu for all your lawn and garden questions. Mayor, um, Julie wrote down some really cool articles in there. I like that, Julie. Thank you. But uh, they also have really good information about bulbs. Yeah, we always like to mention that. It's a, it's a great resource, great to, well, reading anytime. And mm-hmm. that is extension.umn.edu. Uh, a lot of good folks put a lot of good information on there and, and uh, so, so much. I, I used it more than once on uh, choosing uh, shrubs. Oh, that's uh, wonderful for different uh, different parts of the yard. So that's well, a, but you know, and it gives you other options of things you might not thought have thought about. What options for shrubs or things you need to think about when you're choosing a plant? Yeah, and uh, we also, besides the website, we always like to mention get to the arboretum, right? Oh, yes, it's beautiful. I'm sure the leaves are all gone, but it's nice and brisk. You can, you know, I think they. I don't know if when Three Mile Drive closes, but. You could drive on it, or you could give it a good uh, good walk out there. It's just beautiful to see things as the fall goes in, and they have such wonderful information and plants out there. And yes, yeah, and, and it's, uh, I'm thinking, you know, looking at the forecast, uh, not only this weekend, the next, uh, you know, couple of days after would be great, great it's just uh, time. It's be beautiful. Get out there before the snow flies, get some good fresh air, and enjoy, enjoy beautiful Minnesota. And when you leave the Arboretum, uh, just take a apple yes, house. take a left and just go a little ways there to the apple house and uh, pick us some good eating there. All right, 
Let us get back to uh, the uh, questions <clears throat> Excuse me, at hand. Is quackgrass easier to identify or pull up at this time of year? Hmm. I don't know that it's ever easy or it's easy. It might, it's not easier. It's just going to be this thing, this rosette of grass that just kind of takes over your, your lawn and, and it doesn't look all that attractive. Uh, it might, may or may not be easier to pull up. Um, remember, though, that all the little roots that you leave in the soil are probably going to make new crackgrass next year. So you do have to stay on top of it. It is a very nasty perennial grass to get in your soil. Okay. Let's go to the phones. I think Kathy is calling in from uh, New Brighton, Minnesota to, today to ask you a question. Kathy, you are on CCO with Teresa. Morning, Kathy. Good morning. Enjoy listening to you. Thank you. I have a bad bump problem with my grass. I cut the grass, I feel like I'm using a jackhammer, afraid I might even twist my ankle because it's getting so bad. I don't see any holes out there from animals. Mm-hmm. Wondering what could have caused this or what who I would call to get some help. You know, I would, I would first of all go to the extension website and, and look at it. There's a lot of reasons for it. It could be earthworm activity, nightcrawler activity, really compacted soil. It, it, there's a lot of reasons. And, and the, the, the most logical thing we want to think of is we want to roll it flat. Well, that's like compressing the soil. And that, that to me is just not a good thing to do. But there's other options you could look at first. Um, rolling the soil is possible. But, yeah, you want to keep yourself safe because breaking ankles is not a good thing. So you do want to do want to look into that and see what you can do. Possibly aerating the soil may or may not help. But I would definitely go to the extension website on that one, Kathy. Good luck. You're probably right. It is probably like earthworms or grubs of some sort. Yeah, they just kind of, and then the little bumps harden up and, and they yeah. kind of seal over. And it just, it's it does make it hard to walk and, and to mow and to care for your lawn. Oh, it sure does. Mm-hmm. George is calling in from Blaine today with a question. Uh, George, good morning. You're on with uh, Teresa Rooney. Good morning, George. Good morning. Um, I have hydrangeas, and they've got the big white blooms. I'm just wondering how I should cut them back um, now or in spring. And then um, I've got some pink raspberry bushes. Same question, how far should I cut those back? Okay, and those are also the hydrangeas, the raspberry-colored ones? The rasp- No, I've got raspberry bushes. What raspberries? Are- okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, all right. So, okay, so that's wonderful. So the white um, hydrangeas are probably the Annabelles. Those are the ones that bloom on new wood. So you can cut those back once, once again after the frost has stopped the plants from growing above ground. If you if you want to cut them back in the fall, you can. Um, I would leave them up and then cut them down in the spring. And then at that time, I would probably only cut them down maybe to about a foot because a lot of the stems that you leave up may leaf out still, but they'll also hold up the new growth that comes up and, and give those those blooms some support so they don't plop over in the, in the, the rain as badly. As for the, the raspberries, Um, raspberries always get me a little nervous telling people what to do with their raspberries. Um, they bloom, they bloom, uh, they grow a cane and then the cane grows on the next year and then it flowers. Once it flowers and has fruited, that cane could be cut back. Again, I would wait till they become dormant and maybe even do this in February and March. The extension has a really good article on raspberries. So I would definitely go to extension.umn.edu 
because depending upon whether they're a fall blooming or a summer blooming uh, crop of raspberries, it kind of depends when you want to prune them. But you do need to clean up the dead stuff that's in there and do give them some organic uh, nutrition in the spring. Uh, fertilize them, give them some compost because they are heavy feeders. Okay. Good luck, George. You'll have to help me with this one, Teresa. It says, uh, can I store or overwinter a Calabrachoa hanging basket? What is that? Okay. So the caliber I call them Calabrachoas. Uh, they kind of look like petunias, but little tiny petunias. So they're really pretty. And I like them because I'm lazy and I don't want to have to deadhead petunias. But the Calabrachoas deadhead themselves. So they, they clean up after themselves really nice. So you can bring them in, treat them as a... Uh, a house plant in your house. They might not be blooming, but you can't overwinter them in your house. You're not going to want to probably bring them in and store them like in a box in the basement. Uh, I don't think they'll make it through the winter that way for you. But if you want to bring them in as a house plant, please do. Um, maybe even take a smaller section if you can't bring in the whole hanging basket and bring that in. Uh, and then start your hanging basket from that smaller section next next year once it makes it through the winter in your house. This listener wants to know, is it correct to trim back hibiscus stems now and cover with hay? Um, th- that one you want to wait for the for everything to die down uh, with the frost and then wait till the ground freezes and then cover it with straw. Uh, that will protect the crown of the plant. Mark the plant because it comes up really late in the spring. This listener wants to know, is it time to dig up gladiola bulbs even though they are still green? Okay, um, that one we did also. Uh, w- yes, wait till they die down from the from the frost and then bring them in. Dig them up once they die down. Uh, is uh, Another lawn question, is uh, quackgrass easier to identify and then pull up at this time of year? I, I don't really think it is. It's, it's hard. Well, it's easy to identify, but it's not going to be easy to pull up, so... Just do your quack grass, uh, pull it up as much as you can. Whatever you leave in the soil is going to regrow again. There are quack grass killers out there you can use. Again, I would read and follow the instructions. You leave in the soil is going to regrow again. There are quack grass killers out there you can use. Again, I would read and follow the instruction because how it kills your, if you spray it on your regular grass, it will kill your regular grass too. Okay. Back to dormant seeding. Uh, in November, should Tester says you put straw over the seed and leave it on over the winter? You could, but you don't really need to if you wait long enough to dormant seed to just let the snow cover it. If you have to dormant seed earlier and you see that the birds or the mice are taking it, uh, you know, the birds are taking it, you could put straw over it. Usually I'd use the little bit of straw if I was if I was seeding in the fall for my regular grass seed, I probably wouldn't put it over my dormant seed because you, it's hard to get up then in the spring because it's all mushy and it might might smother those grass seeds. So I wouldn't. I probably would not use the straw. I tell you what, let's do this. Uh, we're in need of a quick break, and we'll come back. We have more questions to get answered here in our Smart Garden Show, and the phone number and the text number, which is the same six five one four six one. 9226. Back with Smart Garden here on a Saturday morning. This is the 16th of October where it's 38 degrees in the Twin Cities. Stay with us.
And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions this morning. And as usual, Teresa, we have many. So so oh, let's good. get back. And by the way, uh, for those that have yet to check out the uh, university's website, do so. You would be so glad you did. It's extension.umn.edu. Whether you're a beginning gardener or just want to get more information, uh, or a master gardener like Teresa. Teresa, you love that uh, that website as well. I go to it a lot, and you know, you don't even need to really have a reason if you just want to like, get out of doing chores. Um, <laughs> just good. tell whoever it is. It's like I have to research this. For yes, our I'm garden. doing research. Yes. I'm doing research for our lawn or garden, so you'll have to take care of the dishes or make dinner or something. That's like right. That. Good point. All right, extension.umn.edu. This listener, uh, Teresa, wants to know, are we supposed to trim spirea bushes? No. Don't do any trimming now. Uh, this Just just drink some spice pumpkin lattes instead. Uh, but you want to protect them from the bunnies this fall. Uh, if you don't protect them, the bunnies will certainly trim them for you. But trimming in the spring or late fall is better for them. Here's when we usually get uh, this, well, any time of year, but especially as we head into winter. When and what height should I do my last mowing? You can do your last mowing. Uh, you can leave it at the same height you've been mowing it all year. If you want to bring it down just a little bit, you don't want to bring it way down to like one inch or two inches. You can just bring it down instead of to three, maybe to two and three quarters, or instead to three and a half, bring it down to two. But you want to make your mowings gradually shorter. You don't need to. You don't. As long as you get the leaves off, your lawn should be okay. And just maybe keep it at like three, three and a half as it goes into winter. Maybe that's something we should mention now because there's so many leaves are blowing around it, and and we talk about this every year at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a few leaves there, you can mulch them, and that's fine. But not if they're like a foot or two, <laughs> two feet thick, right? Because right. that can if, really kill if, your grass. Right, so do your final mowing when you just before that last snow comes or before the first snow comes that's going to stay. Do that final mowing, mulch what you can, and, and if you can steam, still see, say, 90% of the lawn, you're okay. But otherwise, try to get the leaves up, bag them. If you need to send them to the city compost, that's fine. If you can use them on your, on your gardens and everything else, that's even better because then you're keeping all that energy on your land and you're not giving it away for free. Right. Good point. That's free compost. That's free mulch. Yeah, for sure. Well, this listener has a few questions here in this text. Can you put a limelight hydrangea tree in non-heated garage for the winter? That's one. Maybe you could answer that. I would say no, because the root ball is going to freeze and thaw. It will thaw when you bring your car in. If it was a heated garage or an attached garage, that's not going to get freezing or it's going to stay at about 34 that would probably be okay but otherwise the freezing and thawing will kill it above ground and the other follow-up questions was should i water it and do i need to insulate the pot with a blanket but i think you've covered Uh, that yeah i think we've covered it yeah (laughs) the leaves on my miss kim lilac bush are turning brown and curling up on the edges i suspect a blight should i remove all the leaves and how can i prevent new infection next spring you know, if you want to, if you want to remove the leaves now, that would be fine. Uh, then just sit it, send them to your city compost. By doing that, you'll you'll remove a lot of whatever pathogen that pathogen that. I can't even say it. No coffee yet. 
pathogen uh, has come into the soil uh, or into your yard. Otherwise, just watch for it next year and then just be more proactive next year and go to the website and see what to do. This uh, question says, I have five white birch trees that we planted four years ago. We've kept them watered over the summer. Toward autumn, maybe the beginning of September, they started getting what looks like rust spots or something similar uh, or uh, or overwatering maybe. Could this be a disease? Because other than that, they look great. It it might be some, I'm not sure which rust it would be. It could be. Uh, but probably not from overwatering. Uh, rust would be through the air, so you don't have to worry about the overwatering. If the leaves are otherwise looking healthy, uh, they're not looking like they're wilty or getting not enough water, which means they could be getting too much water. I would just watch them next year. Again, you can always call an uh, an, uh, an arborist, a certified arborist, and have them look at your trees on site. Uh, otherwise, if the tree looks healthy, otherwise I wouldn't worry about it. Just uh, just rake up the leaves and get them away from the tree when they fall. And then just watch it next year and see how it does. It was a really stressful year for a lot of things. I guess it was. This uh, listener uh, would say uh, says, rather, I'd like to try saving seeds, specifically green beans, zinnias, and hollyhocks. Any suggestions? Sure. You want to make sure that the seeds are mature. That means they've browned. So in your green beans, you want to make sure that they've le- been left on the plant until the the pod has gotten really big, really brown, and then kind of bumpy with the seeds in there. Uh, With your hollyhocks, make sure the hollyhock seeds are brown, and I can't remember the other plant. Um, Go ahead, make sure they're brown. Harvest the seeds. Keep them in some dishes, like on the counter or in the kitchen or on the dining room table so they can dry really well. And then put them in un- envelopes marked what they are, where what you your you've harvested them, and uh, where you harvested them. You can put all those all those envelopes in one glass container, a glass mason jar or something. Seal it up tight and put it in your vegetable crisper. And then just when you want to bring your seeds out, bring it out, let it come to room temperature, open it up, and take the seeds out that you want. Um, but but making sure they're mature and dry before you store them is really important. And then marking, uh, labeling them. Okay. Uh, this text says, when's the best time to spray for spider mites on Black Hill spruce evergreen trees? And what would you use? Well, the spider mites are going to die with the frost. So I, I wouldn't worry too much this time of year. Usually with spider mites, you can often just spray them off with a strong stream of water. That will help. Otherwise, you can use an insecticidal soap. Uh, you would want to use that when when the, the spider mites are there and when it's under, it falls under the label restrictions of timing and temperature. Uh, but I would I would make sure your trees are as healthy as you can. Just spray them with a strong stream of water. That will knock off a lot of the spider mites. And if you do that, maybe frequently, you'll be getting ahead of the spider mite population. Then you may want to figure out why the spider mites are there, why there's such an infestation. Uh, Are the trees stressed? Maybe have an arborist look at them, a certified arborist look at them. We have a couple of minutes to go on the show, Teresa. Here's one I thought it was going to say, can I still plant Creeping Charlie? But this (laughs) this is Creeping Jenny. What's Creeping Jenny? Creeping Jenny is is similar to Creeping Charlie. It's just it's a more ornamental, smaller plant. Uh, you can plant it now if you want to. Again, anything you plant now, it's really iffy if it's going to make it through the season. So just water really well. If you have some and you need to get it in the ground, get it in the ground. 
water it really well, and then once the ground is frozen, give it a good layer of winter mulch to protect it, that straw or leaves, and then pull that back in the spring so it can come out of dormancy. Okay. Can I, Texter wants to know, plant my yellow wonder strawberries in the ground, or should I bring them indoors? I get them in the ground and just protect them really well once the ground freezes. And trying to keep stuff alive indoors, it's just really hard on the plants that should be outside. All right, and another and listener says, uh, could you please mention again the website for the University of Minnesota? Certainly, my pleasure. Extension.umn.edu. Is it close enough? Another one. We're, I'm trying to grab them all here before we okay. go. Is it close enough to winter to plant garlic bulbs? Yes, get your garlic in right away. That should already kind of be in. Yeah, perfect time to get it in. When should blueberry bushes be pruned? I would prune them in the spring, uh, early, early, early spring, late winter, and you want to prune them. Uh, go to the extension website. It'll give you some really good ideas about how to prune out the old growth to promote the new growth. All right. Another thing, get to the Arboretum if you possibly can. Get online, and uh, you can arrange for uh, uh, tickets to get in. Get to the Apple House. And by all means, again, check that university website. You're going to be so glad. Extension.umn.edu. Teresa, and always all, listen to Smart Garden. And uh, do that, too. Yes, uh, not necessarily in that order. Not <laughs> <necessarily>. <laughs> Teresa, thank you so much. Thanks, Danny. Talk Have soon. Have a great day, everybody. Master Gardener Teresa Runa here on CCO. Get those home and... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.